Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Yes, we are the limousine riding, jet flying, wheeling, dealing, kiss stealing, son of a gun that you would know, ladies and gentlemen. Episode 208, ladies and gentlemen, of WCW Wrestling Revisited, and I am your host, the Iceman, Jared DiGirolamo, and joining me live tonight, as always, the one and only Howard, the man who wears his Ric Flair robe proudly, ladies and gentlemen, and diamonds are forever indeed, ladies and gentlemen, from Front Royal, Virginia, the legendary background, let's just say, of one of the many stops of the legendary Four Horsemen, ladies and gentlemen. Let us welcome in the one and only, yes, the two-timer, ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, as far as Hall of Famer goes. Mm-hmm. The nature boy himself, ladies and gentlemen, the one and only John Gross. John, good evening. Woo! And it's only fitting we play that for you today, ladies and gentlemen. It's from 2001, A Space Odyssey, ladies and gentlemen. In the car. Um, of course... That movie came out back in 1968. That was almost 52 years ago, ladies and gentlemen. How mm. and we are going to talk about Ric Flair here tonight. One six zero five five six two zero four four four. Caller ID one three nine nine two six pound. We will talk about it till eight o'clock, ladies and gentlemen, as well as a recap of Monday Night Raw, which we'll get into in just in just a few moments, ladies and gentlemen. Don't forget at nine o'clock, ladies and gentlemen, we'll have more discussion about the man who is turning seventy one years old today. Yes, folks, the sixteen time champion, ladies and gentlemen, the two time Hall of Famer and the daughter of Charlotte Flair, ladies and gentlemen. The nature boy himself, Rick Flair, ladies and gentlemen, is celebrating a birthday today. So on behalf of myself, John and the rest of the panel, way too tough to handle, including Team W.O. Torrey Smith, the Black Widow, Michelle Lynn Dodds, the Sacramento Slugger, Dane from Oak Park, the Heartbreak Kid, Fonzie, and the rest of the gang, ladies and gentlemen. We want to say happy 71st birthday indeed today to the greatest of them all, ladies and gentlemen. The, let's just say, not the Babe Ruth, let's just say, but the Iron Man of wrestling, ladies and gentlemen. And it's only fitting that we wish him a very special happy birthday on his big day. Yes, folks, Ric Flair turns 71 today, and we'll talk a lot about him and his memories here right now on Wrestling Revisited. But before we get to that, folks, let's talk about what was a very interesting, wicked, wild, wasted show last night as Monday Night Raw returned to Winnipeg, Manitoba for the first time in 15 years. And at the end of the night, let's just say controversy definitely reared its ugly head. John, we had a lot to talk about this, however, last night on your wrap-up show. And, of course, a lot of people did, too. Let's get your early impressions of what was a very, well, let's just say, wild night in Winnipeg. I hated this show. Oh, I, I would agree. I would agree. I would definitely agree with you. Of course, a lot of people still talking about that very controversial <coughs> ending, especially what happened between Seth Rollins and Kevin Owens, however, and Randy Orton. The viewership, of course, was not very strong, of course, as we saw and heard reports earlier today. It went down from 2.43 to 2.21. <laughs> 
The first hour did 2.24. The second hour went up a little bit to 2.27, but then the third hour dropped like a stone to 2.10. Only one good match out of seven the entire night, ladies and gentlemen. It was just not that kind of night. And considering that Super Showdown is this Thursday at high noon, however, with the superstars, most of them over in Saudi Arabia, getting ready for what will be an interesting show this Thursday afternoon, Friday night, with SmackDown Live in Boston, and we're less than six weeks away till WrestleMania 36. The question is, how can it get any worse? Can it get any worse than it has been already? Well, we're going to find out, I'm sure, this Thursday. But John will be talking about that in a very interesting State of the Union dress following the Super hey, Showdown. This is what I'm, I've been playing for him, and we're going to keep on playing again. Yes. Yes, but before you do that, I want to tell everyone, though, John, that this Thursday, of course, you will be talking about the State of the Union. However, following Super Showdown, we will talk more about that, of course, tonight on Revolution at 9 o'clock. John and I will have some discussion with the panel, way too tough panel. Of course, GTS and I will have your news headlines, and then John will have the birthday things, including Ric Flair's birthday. Yes, a big State of the Union, as John said, coming up this Thursday. Also, Wolfpack will be coming up this Thursday. Be sure to check that out, 138521-POUND at 9 p.m., John will have the birthdays and dates. GTS and I will have your news headlines too. And then Friday night, folks, get ready. We've been talking about it since yesterday, folks. History in the making will be made as 800 episode of Revolution will be taking place. The party will be at 9 p.m. Ladies and gentlemen, GTS and I will have your news headlines too. John will have the night off for the birthdays and dates, but he'll definitely bring the champagne and a little bit of the bubbly, however, prior to AEW Revolution, which, by the way, is coming up this Saturday night live from Chicago. We're going to talk about tomorrow night on the Wrestling Debate, the Go Home Show in Canada. Kansas City. Of course, one of the matches we've already heard for tomorrow night, Revolution, however, and Dynamite, ladies and gentlemen, however, is going to be a 30-minute Iron Man match. The Bastard Pac Neville, whatever you want to call him, however, will take on the cleaner Kenny Omega, plus NXT will be back in action. We understand Dakota Kai and I believe Tegan Knox will be going out in a steel cage. Also, we understand, however, there's going to be more tension built up between Adam Cole, Tommaso Chiappa, and Johnny Gargano. Finn Bauer says he has a surprise for the NXT Universe. The fun begins at 8 p.m. on Wrestling Debate, 139925-pound. John, myself, Fonzie, and the rest of the gang in the panel, way too tough hand, will be there. And then, of course, we'll kick it over into 9 o'clock with Revolution, episode 799, so you don't want to miss that tomorrow night as well. But as we said, John has a big State of the Union address coming up this week, however, on Thursday afternoon, and then next Monday, folks, we'll relive Revolution, we'll re- talk about Super Showdown Aftermath, but also get you set for the Elimination Chamber on Raw Radio episode 231, 138-10-44-pound, plus we'll look back at week four of the XFL, folks, and talk about some of the stuff that's going on there, and John, I'm sure you heard the news about the XFL viewership, it was not very strong this week, Howard, and it was somewhat disappointing, but who knows what they're going to bring this week, Howard, in the fourth week, but yep, we'll have to wait and see what happens. What, what I keep saying, Vince, this is your future. Yes. Now off in AEW, we have already heard some rumors about some of these people already already in AEW All Elite Wrestling. And as we said, this Saturday, folks, we promised to have a good show on the Power Hour, 141364-pound. Be sure to check out Mr. WCW and myself will be there. And John will also be there. And the rest of the panel will be there. So definitely check it out this Saturday. And what's that word, John? Go ahead, please. Let us know. The soap. When you drop in prison, Vince. Yes, indeed. And, of course, don't forget, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to have a very special wrestling, uh, like I said, power hour this Saturday, ladies and gentlemen, right before Revolution. We're going to get you all set up for what will be an exciting night in Chicago. We'll be giving you our predictions later this week. And, of course, be sure to check out the panel check box, ladies and gentlemen, 
And, of course, we will also give you our bets and predictions how, as far as both events go. You don't want to miss that as well. Now, coming up this week, we also understand the uh, PGA Tour will be heading off to Florida and begin its Florida swing, if you will, after what happened last week, which, by the way, Patrick Reed held off Bryson DeChambeau. But this week, how they invade Jack Nicklaus's course at the Honda Classic, folks. We understand some of the big names might be there, including Ricky Fowler, possibly. Also, we understand Rory McIlroy might be there. Some other big names will be there this weekend. The Bear Trap will be ready 16 17 18, you can bet it's going to be a crazy week down there in the sunshine of Florida, where I will be in less than five weeks from now, ladies and gentlemen, getting ready for WrestleMania 36. But speaking of Florida, ladies and gentlemen, believe it or not, earlier this week, however, the XFL viewership tanked, however, believe it or not, for the first time in a couple weeks. Here are the final numbers in case you're curious, ladies and gentlemen, with the final tally. Houston and Tampa Bay and Tampa's home opener in front of 18,117 last Saturday afternoon did 1.91 million viewers. Dallas and Seattle, however, on a cloudy, misty, cool day in Seattle. That saw Seattle have 20,000-plus fans for the second week in a row in its second home game in two weeks. However, taking on Dallas, of course, the Renegades and Landry Jones only did 2.05. The big surprise might have been Sunday afternoon. Despite 30,000 packed in St. Louis for the first time to see a football game in a long time, the St. Louis Battlehawks definitely were definitely in for quite a battle, however, and they definitely won over the audience. But not enough viewers, though, as they finished with 1.47 million viewers. And finally, ladies and gentlemen, the last game of the day, which is only 11,000 on the day, however, John's D.C. boys, the D.C. defenders, headed west to L.A. to take on the Wildcats, and they only did 1 million viewers. Now, overall, however, total for the week, however, uh, between ABC, Fox, ESPN, FS1, the games averaged 1.61 million viewers, which is not very strong to say. Least. Considering the first week did pretty good with 3.11 million viewers with two games on Fox, ESPN, and ABC. Last week, however, they did only 2.05 million viewers, however, as they have two games on ABC, one on Fox, and one on FS1. But, John, this week, however, week three, however, the XFL product finally showed its true colors, and they definitely really dropped the ball, no pun intended, as they did not have a very good week in any of the cities that were hosting their first home games, including Tampa and St. Louis. No comment about that, because Vince is egotistical and racist mind. Yes, indeed. And I think it's time for him to be gone. Well, I hate to say it. I think the XFL might be done soon, I feel. I hate to say it. I mean, after three weeks already, so far it seems like a lot of people, especially this week, however, really had no interest in it, despite the fact it was a good first week, however. And they kind of had a rough second week, even though they tried to get fans interested. This week it'll be interesting to see what they'll do as far as attendance goes. Who knows what we're going to see this week, but we will keep you up to date with that story, folks, however, during the course of the week. In the meantime, ladies and gentlemen, before we get uh, into our moment of the evening, ladies and gentlemen, which is going to be a great moment indeed, ladies and gentlemen, we'd like to say hello to all our friends at the Hop House, ladies and gentlemen, including the bartender. One of my of the evening addresses I will be doing on Thursday. Yes, That's about the, the XFL. for my stay of the union. Of the XFL, yes, indeed. And um, we'll talk about that and also Super Showdown, which is going to be very interesting. Of course, we also like to say hello to our friends at the Hop House who listen to us every day, ladies and gentlemen, here on the Talk Street Radio Network, the bartenders, Dayton. Kelly, Casey, Missy, Jen, and Nikki, we like to say hello to you guys, of course, down there, however, and hope everyone's doing really well this uh, fine Tuesday evening. Also, we like to say hello to our regulars, of course, Brian, Brad, Brad, excuse me, Brian, Brad, Matt, Dwayne, Chuck, Pat, Jason, and the rest of the gang down there, including Curtis and Maureen, as well as Dave and the rest of the gang, Crystal, we like to say hello to all of you guys as well. Anyway, folks, we're now going to get to our moment, and tonight we're not going to take you into a moment. But we're going to talk about great moments of this man, and we've already talked about him at the start of the show, and we're going to talk about him one more time, ladies and gentlemen, and that is the one and only 16-time champion, the two-time Hall of Famer, the leader of the Four Horsemen, the leader of Evolution, ladies and gentlemen. He has also kissed a lot of women, let's just say. He has partied with a lot of women, let's just say. He's learned, learned how to fly with women, let's just say, and he's also basically made them cry, ladies and gentlemen. Yes, folks, I'm talking about the one and only Slick Ric Flair. And tonight we're going to pick a lot of great moments of Ric Flair's great career, however, that has spanned a long time since the mid-70s up until the moment, however. So with that said, we're going to get into our, let's just say, not uh, top 10, top 15, top 20 list, but some of our favorite moments involving the man who has always been known as Ric Flair. So, John, with that being said, I turn it over to you, my friend. What is your first moment involving the man himself, Ric Flair? Okay. Number one was when he won 
the WWE Championship at the 1992 Royal Rumble. Oh, yes. Talk about a great moment right out of the gate, John. That is a great moment indeed. Ric Flair, of course, showing up in WWE literally several months before after a spat with management and Jim Hurd. He shows up with the big gold belt, if you will, however, on the fall of 1991. I was only 14 at the time. I had not watched wrestling at that point, however, but I remember hearing the story about it. There had been uh, a clashing of egos between Jim Hurd and WCW, along with Ric Flair. Ric Flair, of course, was being changed over into a character called Spartacus with an earring and his hair being cut. He told Jim Hurd to go stick it, and basically WCW to stick it in no uncertain terms, if you will, Howard. As a result, he took the big gold belt, if you will, ladies and gentlemen, off to the WWF at the time, ladies and gentlemen. And in one of his very first early appearances, he dealt with Hulk Hogan. But the story you bring up is a great one indeed. He came in at number three in the 92 World Rumble in upstate New York, covered in Albany. He shocked everyone, however, and he went on to uh, co-headline WrestleMania 8, if you will, by pulling off the biggest upset at that time in Rumble history by becoming the last sole survivor and basically surprising everyone in the process by winning that prestigious event. So a very good moment indeed, John. Right I out want to play a soundbite of this match. Yes, let's play a soundbite of this uh, clip that happened after the match. <laughs> Yes, indeed. And what a moment that was, folks. I mean, you talk about one of the more prestigious moments. Sorry about that. You now, let's get more. to the post-match interview. Yes. This is what Mean Gene had to say to, uh, of all people, Ric Flair after the match was over. Bear with us, folks. We are definitely uh, having a uh, difficult time right now, ladies and gentlemen, at the moment, however. So we're definitely uh, trying to get this thing up and running. Hold on. Hold on. Okay. Can you hear it now? I can hear a little bit of it. Yeah, go ahead. Okay, but yes, All right, great moment. now let's All go right. to your moment. All right, my first moment, however, will be early in his career, folks. It was in 1975 he was involved in a very, very serious incident, however, that many people still talk about to this day. It was him, David Crockett, ladies and gentlemen, John Valentine, ladies and gentlemen, and of course uh, some other wrestlers, including Mr. Wrestling 2, Tim Woods, and Bob Bruggers. He was on his way to a show in Wilmington, North Carolina, not that far from Mr. WCW's neck of the woods, Howard, down there in Trinity, North Carolina. As a result, Howard, it took the life of the pilot, however, and paralyzed John Valentine as well, however. Flair broke his back in three places, and at the age of 26, he was told by doctors he would never get in the wrestling ring again. This after just a few years after making his debut. However, he inducted a rigorous physical therapy schedule and returned, believe it or not, Howard, to the ring just eight months later where he resumed his feud with his good friend and later on somewhat rival, Chief Wahoo McDaniel. 
That being said, however, talk about a very interesting moment early in his career. This is a guy who escaped death literally, however, just a few years into his career. Your thoughts about Ric Flair and the uh, infamous plane accident of 1975? Well, it was shocking to say the least, but I was glad that he was okay. I have some audio. I have some more audio clips of him talking about it. I think, and others as well. Yes, I believe. Okay, go ahead if you want to cue that up for us. Yes, please. And this is from Double C WWE. Someone else alive, but that 
but he would only have his adversary Dusty Holder for just a few weeks, if you will, before getting it back once again. And I see John is now back with us now. John, welcome back. Howard, great moment there you picked with uh, Dusty and Flair. Howard, great moment there, no question about it. Howard, I mean, even, uh, like I said, had some great battles. Even when they weren't fighting one another, they had other people in their corners, like the Horsemen, Art Anderson, Lex Luger, Ole Anderson, Tully Blanchard. And, of course, in this case, Dusty would also have guys like Luger, Hawk and Animal, the Road Wars, Magnum T.A., and uh, Sting, as well as many others. So, great moment there. You picked right there, certainly, however, in our second moment there. My second moment is a good one in talking about a interesting adversary. You're going to like this one, folks. Him and Harley Race, ladies and gentlemen. You talk about some great bouts. Him and eight-time champion Harley Race had in 1983, including at the very first Starcade house that happened in Greensboro, ladies and gentlemen, inside of a cage. Race was against this, Howard, considering the fact that he had won the title from Flair, Howard, after Flair held the title for close to two years, if you will, ladies and gentlemen, before dropping the belt, however, to raise a questionable call in Kansas City. A few months later, of course, Race would have his goon squad of Cowboy X, Bob Orton, Dirty Dick Slater, ladies and gentlemen, Greg Valentine, and others try to take out Flair permanently yet once again. But Flair hung top power, and he did not give up the ship whatsoever, Howard. No, no. He kept fighting, he kept fighting, he kept fighting. And yes, with help of Wahoo McDaniel, Roddy Piper, ladies and gentlemen, Rick Steamboat, Jay Youngblood, and others, Howard, Flair came back, however, and definitely made a statement in the fall of 1983 and demanded Jimmy Crockett to face race one more time on his terms. And we saw what happened at the infamous Flair for the Gold match, Thanksgiving night, 1983, in front of 16,000 in Greensboro, where race took on Flair in a fence or a cage as Gene Kineski was the referee for that. So you talk about some great moments there between race and Flair, Howard. They definitely had some great moments with each other, both on the mat as well as outside the mat as well. John, you're up again with our next great moment, number three. What do you got? I'm going to go with... Back in, uh, back in, uh, 1993 when they beat Vader. Oh, yes. Ten years later, folks. Great moment there. Yes, uh, Starkey 93, however. Flair, many people thought this was the last chapter of Flair's great career, Howard. He faced Big Van Vader, who had been a monster for much of the year, Howard, and had plowed through everybody. Flair put his career on the line, if you will, however, against the monster known as Vader, who we hope to see in the Hall of Fame very, very soon, ladies and gentlemen. That night, however, Flair got a late Christmas slash early New Year's present by defeating the monster Vader in front of 6,500 at the old Independence Arena in Charlotte, North Carolina, ladies and gentlemen. That was a night that no other, however. Many people thought that Flair's career would have came to a screeching end after 18 years. But Flair trudged on yet again, and after coming back, however, after leaving the WWF earlier in the year, however, he got back in shape. He definitely uh, took care of himself a little bit, if you want to call it that, however. But he definitely made a statement. Told, of course, the WCW manager, which was now run by Eric Bischoff. I want to face it my way, however. Please put me in a match against Vader. I don't care what you do. I'll put my own career on the line. Some people were not sure if this was a smart move by Flair, however, but Flair definitely didn't care, however, and he definitely crusaded on and fought on as hard as he could, ladies and gentlemen, and because of that, however, he became, once again, the man by holding the big gold belt and defeating this, the Dawn Surveyor in his own hometown of Charlotte, North Carolina at Star K-93. Great moment there, no question about it, John. Alright, my next moment, however, is a guy who I just talked about moments ago involving Dusty Rhodes. Some of his great matches were against one of his almost very special people that developed a close, personal, and somewhat unique uh, partnership with Howard. Yes, folks, the man they call Stinger. Yes, folks, Sting and Flair had some great battles over the years, Howard. None better than the match at Clash of the Champions 1 in 1988 and, of course, the infamous match in 1989 in the Iron Man tournament, Howard, in the old Atlanta Army. But it was in 1988, Howard, at WrestleMania 4, the same day WrestleMania 4 was held, Howard, Flair and Sting stole the show in Greensboro at the very first Clash of the Champions. And over the years, Howard, if it wasn't Dusty, that gave Flair trouble, Howard, and gave him fits, Howard. It was the man with the scorpion death luck and always had the beach blonde hair and later on the crow look, ladies and gentlemen, the mysterious enigma known as the Stinger. Yes, folks, Sting and Flair have been at lock and step over the years, Howard. They've had some great moments, as we said. The Clash, of course, is one of those moments. Of course, ladies and gentlemen, who could forget Clash, uh, Starkey 90, 
Starship 89, they went at it again. And then, of course, Tower, they later went on to fight one another one more time before WCW closed its source for good in 2001 on the very last night show in Panama City Beach, Florida. But we talk about some great moments, Tower. These guys definitely tore around the house, however. Usually, every time they went out there, however, throughout the 90s and into the 2000s, Tower, as well as into the late 80s involved with each other. So Rick Flair and Sting is my next great moment, Howard, as far as what I have to say about that. So, uh, John, you have another moment for us involving Nature Boy. What do you got for us this time? Um, let's see. When he was uh, the WWE owner with Vince McMahon. Oh yes, 2001, right after he stepped in, back into the WWE and took over the executive role and told Vince McMahon he was his partner. Yes, a very great moment there. And many people were wondering what Flair was thinking, however, by going back to WWE after WWE went out of business because a lot of people thought that Vince McMahon would inject the company with a lethal dose of poison with Hulk Hogan, Scott Hall, and Kevin Nash the NWO. And as a co-executive, however, many people thought that Flair was not executive material. He was more of a wrestler, however, than an executive, even though he had politics his way into that spot. Many people thought, however, it was the end of the road, finally once and for all for Flair. But he would not hear any of it. No, 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 no. He would trudge on, however, he would fight on, he would succeed in battle anyone who stood in his way. And he told him he didn't give a damn what you did, whatever you thought, however, he would do it his way, his way only. Yes, some people had some vocal displeasure about it, I'm sure, and some of the fans did, most of the fans did too, but at the end of the day, Claire the Executive was quite an interesting executive, let's just say, so there you go. Alright, my next quote is a good one, talking about old school yet again. We're going to talk about Flair and Steamboat, Ricky Steamboat. Folks, Ricky Steamboat and Ric Flair had some great moments, however, over the years, whether they were opponents or as their teammates. No more such a case would be in 1989 when they had three of the greatest matches I have ever seen at that time. The first one being in Chicago, of course. Less than two months later, they would compete against WrestleMania 5 and they would steal the show in the Superdome in a two out of three falls match, ladies and gentlemen. The same day, Hulk Hogan and uh, Randy Savage would uh, be the uh, headliner at WrestleMania 5, ladies and gentlemen, however, in Atlantic City, however. Steamboat and Flair tore down the house in the Superdome yet again, however, and definitely gave the fans their money's worth. But it was one month later, ladies and gentlemen, that that, that feud came to an end, however, and as a result, Flair, of course, ended his feud with Steamboat for a brief time, in closing it in style, one of the craziest, if not one of the wildest matches you will see of all time. Yes, folks, the Music City Miracle, as they refer to it as in Nashville, Tennessee, 1989, May of that year. Flair got the belt back off of Steamboat finally, ladies and gentlemen, and became a champion for a record-tying sixth time, which had tied Luthez's record. And at the age he was at, near 40 years old, many people thought, however, he had done it all. He didn't have anything left to prove. Well, that would change, of course, we would see later on in 89, going into 90, however, as he would continue to have spats with management, both on TV and off TV, especially with Jim Hurd and the executives up there in the Turner Brass who were taking over the company now that they had bought the company away from Jimmy Crockett. So there you go. Steamboat and Flair is some of my favorite moments from 89 involving the two, so that is my next great moment. All right, let's go to your next moment. That's next, the Hogan and Savage. Yes, indeed. Okay, and uh, speaking of Hulk Hogan, that's my next moment. Oh, yes. In the 90s, Hogan's and Flair were sort of the Babe Ruth and Lou Gehrig of uh, wrestling. I mean, they had done a lot of business together for a brief time and only a short time in WWE. But when Hogan showed up power after leaving WWE once again and heading down south, Howard, into Flair's backyard, Howard, the bash at the beach, 1994, Howard, the two of them fighting one well, another. Well, Flair came to Hogan's backyard first. That's right, but I'm saying, uh, you're right, you're right. Sorry if I had something in my mouth there. You're right. But then, of course, we saw what happened shortly thereafter, of course, and that was the big, uh, let's just say, Hogan returned the favor, however, after Flair had invaded Hogan's backyard, however. This time, Hogan invaded Flair's backyard and showed up, if you will, ladies and gentlemen, of all things, however, at the Bash at the Beach 1994 and had signed with WCW for 
a good amount of money, however, after leaving Vince McMahon after 10 years, however, the two of them would settle their differences in Orlando, ladies and gentlemen, at the Bash Beach 94, which did the highest rated pay-per-view up to that time, considering WCW was trying to get its feet back on pace, however, after basically dropping the ball and basically seeing it sink way, way down the ladder, just like, unfortunately, it had done something low in WWE and other places as well, with businesses going out of sync. Most notably, the AWA World Class Championship Wrestling, the Universal Wrestling Federation, and some others. But when Flair and uh, Hogan met for the first time in 1994, however, at Bash at the Beach, however, many people were wondering how between these yeah. two legendary wrestlers. At the time, Hogan was only 40 years old, however. Flair was about 44, however. See you all later. Unique in their own way, however. Hogan, of course, ladies and gentlemen, stood 6'8", 300 pounds. Flair was 6'3", 240, however. The question is, who would budge first? Who would be the man? When it was all said and done, Hogan on this night showed he was a little bit better than the man himself, however, by pulling off the win against Flair in Orlando. But they would continue their feud with one another over the next few months, however, and continue their feud again, on again, off again, still uh, in the years to fall. But definitely, nevertheless, a very good moment there. John Hogan and Flair, some great matches over the years. And, of course, one of the matches that stands out, of course, to many, of course, is that memorable Bash at the Beach 94 match. Yep. Okay. My next moment here, let me think here while we're doing that, ladies and gentlemen. We also want to tell you today, ladies and gentlemen, we'd like to wish a very special happy birthday to uh, former baseball superstar Paul O'Neill, ladies and gentlemen, who today, believe it or not, I believe, turns um, 47, if I'm not mistaken, however, 57 years old. I'll have to double check here. Also, ladies and gentlemen, uh, former tennis great Bobby Riggs, of course, is celebrating a birthday. I think that is today, if I'm not mistaken. Let me just double-check to be sure here, folks. Of course, Bobby Riggs, ladies and gentlemen, is the legendary tennis superstar. Yes, his birthday is today, ladies and gentlemen. Of course, Riggs passed away at the age of 77 in October 1995. He was the famous guy who took on Billie Jean King, of course, at the very famous, unique uh, tennis tournament, however, in the Battle of the Sexes matches, however, back in September of 1973. Today, Bobby would have been, ladies and gentlemen, an astounding 102 years old. So happy birthday to the tennis great Bobby Riggs, who played Billie Jean King back in 1973. Also, ladies and gentlemen, happy birthday, believe it or not, as we said, to former New York Yankee superstar who turns 57 today, Paul O'Neill. And also, ladies and gentlemen, happy birthday to another very special guy who, of course, today is celebrating, I believe, a bittersweet birthday, ladies and gentlemen, none other than Ron Santo. Santo passed away 10 years ago at the age of 70. Today, Santo would have been, eight, I believe, 80 years old. Yes, 80 years old, ladies and gentlemen. He passed away in December of 2010. Santo played for 14 years, however, from the Chicago Cubs and the White Sox, ladies and gentlemen. He had 277 with 342 home runs. 2,250 hits, 1,330 RBIs, and five-time Gold Glove winner, and also a nine-time All-Star. He would have been 80 years old today. So happy birthday to all those legends today. All right, my next moment is another good moment here, ladies and gentlemen. I'm going to talk about when uh, Flair came embroiled in controversy. We talked about a lot of controversy, and Flair seemed to have a lot of it. How about his time when him and Eric Bischoff got into it with each other, both on and off camera? There was a lot of talk about Flair. Of course, going to see his one son wrestle in some tournament, however, Eric Bischoff told Flair that was not going to happen. However, they started fighting with one another, both on and off camera. And because of this, Flair, again, once again, threatened to walk out the door, however, and tell WCW to stick it, if you will, however. But at the time, however, there was a lot of people wondering, however, if this time he really meant it. So uh, that being said, Howard, let's get your thoughts, Howard, about Flair and Bischoff. Oh, wow. A lot of politics in WCW. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Huh? All right, let's go to another moment by you, however. You have another good one for us, I'm sure. Okay. How about him and Evolution? Oh, yes. When him and her first started Evolution and brought in Randy Orton, Dave Batista as the coach, and later on as a very uh, unique uh, competitor who still uh, could uh, talk the talk and walk the walk. Yes, indeed. When he was in Evolution, very, very good moment there, John. Very, very good moment there. No question about it. He had some interesting uh, friends, how I guys who he made uh, 
sorry about that, remain tight with, but also he made a lot of enemies too, Howard. And of course, if you've not seen that WWE special, ladies and gentlemen, on the network called uh, Ruthless Aggression, they did have a special on uh, Evolution last night, part three. I've had a chance to watch all three of them so far. And I'll tell you what, I believe this week, Howard, part four will be coming up. And this week we'll talk about, however, uh, some other big names that have made their names famous, Howard. I already talked about John Cena. They talked about Evolution yesterday. I can only imagine where they go from here. They've already talked about Brock Lesnar and some of the other young guys, Howard, who have uh, made an impact, Howard. But uh, a great moment there, nevertheless, though, John. Very good point there involving him and uh, Evolution. Very, very historic, to say the least. Uh, good moment there, nevertheless. All right. My next moment, Howard, is going to be a good one here, and I think you're going to like this one, Howard. Uh, I think the matchup with him and Shawn Michaels. How about two yep. guys who can steal the show? I mean, WrestleMania 24, ladies and gentlemen, and even the night after WrestleMania 24, when he was first put into the Hall of Fame, folks. I mean, he really found a way to give the fans what they were worth, Howard. And that night, Howard, in Orlando, in his last match, however, eventually, he definitely went out on top the way he always wanted to go out on top. And the next night was even more emotional, you can bet, Howard, as he was on it. But, folks, that night in Orlando, Howard, you could tell the fans were definitely excited to say the least. They were very entertained, however. They enjoyed what they saw and uh, definitely were not disappointed whatsoever. So I would say Flair and Shawn Michaels, however, if you will, however, uh, definitely gave the fans, everyone, a chance to smile and be happy, however, one more time. As the showstopper and the Nature Boy definitely wowed the crowd, however, that night in Orlando, back at Mania 24, almost 12 years ago, and of course that weekend as well. Go ahead, John. You have another moment for us. Okay. Yeah, it might be one of our moments by the time we get done. Uh, him being a mentor to his daughter. What's that? Him being a mentor to his daughter. Oh, yes. Him and Charlotte Flair. Yes, uh, Ashley. Of course, who could get the first takeover? Yes, I was almost going to go with that with my moment there, too, but I let you have the moment there. Good moment there, indeed, John. Uh, yes, no question about it. You talk about a very special moment between father and daughter, of course. Takeover, of course, back in 2015. Bret Hart's uh, niece, Natalia, of course, was wrestling Charlotte Flair. Ric Flair's only daughter, of course, in the very first take, one of the very first early takeovers. Bret Hart and, of course, Ric Flair were proud fathers, however, and uncles if you will, that night, how at Full Sail that saw two of the best women go out there and just tear it down at Full Sail University. And at the end of the night, how a lot of people said it was one of the better matches of the night and one of the top matches of the year. I would concur on that. That was definitely a very great moment, no question about it, to say the least, however. And uh, that being said, how I would definitely say it was very entertaining. However, those uh, girls really found a way to uh, showcase what they were made of. Of course, when we would see later on Charlotte, continue to be like her dad, however, as now she has held the belt for 10 times already, and now she has probably one of her toughest uh, toughest matches to date, however, coming up in just about six weeks, folks, she will be taking on the nightmare Rhea Ripley, the question is, will she uh, make uh, Rhea Ripley, however, dream about her, and it will be a good night for her to catch the NXT title yet again, or is somehow, someway, Rhea Ripley going to run right through Charlotte, however, and realize how her nightmare might be, basically, however, happening, however, and that is getting beat in front of everyone. Well, we'll find out, folks. You can bet on that, folks, believe it or not, as far as that goes. So it'll be very, very interesting. Now, before we get to our next one, ladies and gentlemen, we do have a breaking news story from the sports world, ladies and gentlemen. Earlier today, it was announced, ladies and gentlemen, that the British Open will be hosted, ladies and gentlemen, back at Royal Tribune, Scotland, ladies and gentlemen, in 2023. Earlier today, the UK Advisory Committee announced that in 2023, ladies and gentlemen, that Celebrating its 100th centennial anniversary, ladies and gentlemen, the British Open will be returning, ladies and gentlemen, to World True coming up, ladies and gentlemen, in a few years in 2023. Of course, it'll be the 10th time, ladies and gentlemen, however, that the World True has hosted the major exactly 100 years from the first time. This year, of course, the Open will be played at Royal St. George's Golf Course in Kent, England, between July 16 and 19, just outside of London, however, a few hours south of London, if you will. But folks, earlier today, the RNA committee said, however, in a meeting this afternoon, however, from their executive chief, however, that in 2023, ladies and gentlemen, that the Open will be returning once again to Scotland, and this time, ladies and gentlemen, to Royal Saloon, ladies and gentlemen. As believe it or not, ladies and gentlemen, they will be hosting the event there in 2023. So congratulations to Royal Troon of hosting yet another exciting British Open in the Claret Jug in 2023. 
All right, we're going to have one more moment for you before we call tonight here and then wrap it up, Heller, and, of course, Donald will be getting ready to go soon. Of course, Poochie the Hound is definitely waiting, Heller, so I'm going to let him take over for one more time, Heller, uh, before I uh, have my final moment of the evening. So, John, go ahead with your final moment of the night, Heller, and then we'll catch up with you in just a little bit on Revolution. Okay. Winning the Intercontinental title. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Good moment there. Yes, indeed. Very, very good moment there, indeed. Very, very good moment, indeed. Uh, no question about it. Very, very good moment there, indeed. All right. Uh, my final moment, however, as we put an end onto this night, however, is going to be another great moment, ladies and gentlemen. His battles with Barry Windham. You talk about, of course, another guy who Flair could uh, really uh, have great chemistry with, both in and out of the ring with our big, bad Barry Windham from Sweetwater, Texas. As a teammate and as a rival, however, Barry definitely brought out the best in Flair. Of course, Barry was a big guy, 6'6", 240, of course, a member of the Hall of Fame uh, of the Horsemen. Surprisingly, he's not on his own as a single member, however, considering he teamed up with his brother-in-law, Mike Rotundo, a.k.a. IRS, Erwin R. Seister, down in Florida, folks. Uh, that was a great moment, nevertheless, however. Now, um, that is my final moment of the evening, so there you go. All right. Now, with that said, uh, we're going to let John go right now for the evening. However, we will talk with him again in just a little while, ladies and gentlemen, as Poochie the Hound is waiting for him, however. So, John, you know your plan needs you, so we'll let you cut on loose so you don't have to play the theme anyway. We'll let you go already and uh, say goodnight to you, and we'll talk to you in just a little bit at 9 o'clock on Revolution. Oh. All right, there. Thank you very much, there, John. All righty. However, we appreciate that. And, of course, we will check back in with you later on this evening. Thanks a lot. Yep. Bye-bye. All right, the Human Suplex Machine now leading, ladies and gentlemen. We do want to thank him for coming on here in episode 208 tonight here for Wednesday night, February 25th, 2020. The Iceman, along with the Human Suplex Machine here, one six zero five five six two zero four four four. One three eight seven four four pound. You can join us right now. I gave you the wrong ID. One three nine nine two six pound, ladies and gentlemen. How are you? Can join us until uh, eight o'clock. But we're gonna try to cut out here a little early here tonight, ladies and gentlemen. How are? Uh, that being said, of course, uh, we hope. Uh, like I said, we have uh, got a lot to talk about. Of course, as you know, coming up. Uh, believe it or not, however, on uh, Believe it or not, Revolution at 9 o'clock, ladies and gentlemen, episode 798, ladies and gentlemen, including a very interesting aftermath of Monday Night Raw, ladies and gentlemen. That was very, very interesting, let's just say, in more ways than one. The heartbreak hit myself. Mr. WCW, John, the panel way too tough fan, will be there to uh, bring you all the action, of course, ladies and gentlemen, so you definitely don't want to miss that. Uh, tomorrow night, as we already told you, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to have a great two shows for you. And, of course, our first show of the evening, ladies and gentlemen, of course, will be a great one. 6.30 p.m., ladies and gentlemen, with Outside the Ropes, 141387-pound. Join Mr. WCW, myself, and the Heartbreak Kid, and also join with the latest politics, movies, and sports, ladies and gentlemen, however, as far as that goes, so you definitely don't want to miss that. Um, by the way, ladies and gentlemen, also, uh, while you're at it, ladies and gentlemen, we want to remind you, ladies and gentlemen, about one of our very exciting pages here on Facebook.com at Bulldog DVD Sales and Variety. Bulldog DVD Sales and Variety, where right now, today, and today only, ladies and gentlemen, and every day, ladies and gentlemen, you can get the best selection for your DVD library. We're right now, believe it or not, however, um, you can get DVD sales with or without cases, however, all in excellent condition, however. We also take a bite out of the cost to bring you the best selection ever right now. And today, and today only, ladies and gentlemen, you can get some of the best selections out there. With all DVDs and Blu-rays containing one or two discs for a buck each, while all DVD and Blu-rays containing three or more will be $2 each. So definitely check it out. And some of the movies out there include How to Lose This Guy in 10 Days, Steel Magnolias, Batman Begins, Closer, American Beauty, Hot Tub Time Machine, The Ring, Collateral, uh, The Witches Event, East End First Season, Christmas with the Cranks, plus a holiday music CD, uh, Adventures in Babysitting, The Osborns First Season, ladies and gentlemen, Patton, The Mexican, Hamlet 2, 27 Dresses, Blades of Glory, Cedar Rapids, Horrible Bosses, Elvis on Tour, Animal House, uh, spinning into butter, ladies and gentlemen. Great mafia movies, ladies and gentlemen. How, um, Whirly Girl, Winky's Horse, How Our Killer Movie, Winner's Bone, Shout, uh, The Undertaker, 15 and 0, Patton Speed Racer Limited Edition, Medea's Family Reunion, the movie, ladies and gentlemen. Blue Collar Comedy Tour, one for the road. Jackass presenting Gra- Bad Grandpa, Blue Collar Comedy Tour, ladies and gentlemen. How are, uh, Volume Two, Super Mario Brothers Two, Super Star Mario of the Deep, and many, many more. And today, right now, you can check those out. 
on Bulldog DVD Sales and Variety on Facebook.com. Also check out John Gross, Sports and Wrestling Incorporated.com. Ladies and gentlemen, you definitely don't want to miss that. John will have a lot to talk about this Thursday following Super Showdown, including the State of the Union address. You definitely do not want to miss that, folks. He is now also telling you right now, ladies and gentlemen, however, like I said, however, uh, as far as that goes, folks, you don't want to miss that, folks, coming up this week, ladies and gentlemen. That will be very interesting, ladies and gentlemen. That will be an exciting time, and, of course, he will have a lot to talk about as far as that goes. Coming up, ladies and gentlemen, you definitely don't want to miss that this Thursday afternoon after Super Shannon. Like I said, you definitely wanna don't wanna miss that, folks. You definitely do not wanna miss that. So uh, definitely, uh, you wanna stay tuned as far as that. Also, ladies and gentlemen, a lot of other things coming up this week. Harry, you don't wanna miss that. So you definitely wanna stay tuned, folks. We're not uh, done by any means of the stretch. Oh no, no, no. We're just getting started, folks. Uh, we'll have a lot more to talk about later this week, of course, with the rest of the panel, of course. And as we said, every Monday you can check out John's Facebook page on Facebook.com at John Gross. John Gross, G-R-H-S, at Facebook.com, and John Gross Wrestling Sports and Wrestling Incorporated as well. Uh, folks, that being said, again, I do want to thank all of you for listening in tonight on what was a very special show, Howard. We hope you had a great time with us, as always, Howard. And like I said, Howard, we definitely will have a lot more to talk about next week. Hopefully we'll have Mr. WCW with us, Howard, along with uh, our good friend King Interviewer, George Smith, who we have not heard from in quite some time. We hope to have back with us very soon. We do think of him a lot, however, we are definitely missing him here on our shows every Tuesday, so on behalf of myself and John, we definitely miss you, King, however, yes, and we definitely want you back on the panel very, very soon, my friend, and we would definitely like to hear from you as soon as possible, and hope all is going well with you on this wonderful uh, 2020 year so far, however, and everything in general has been going well for you, too. Um, that being said, I don't think there's much else to say. So, folks, again, we will talk to you at 9 o'clock, ladies and gentlemen, Howard, and again next week at 7 p.m., ladies and gentlemen, Howard, with another great moment in time, Howard. So, for now, believe it or not, ladies and gentlemen, however, uh, like I said, however, for uh, the Human Suplex Machine, this is the Iceman saying so long from ringside. And as we take you out tonight, Howard, we're going to have a little fun with uh, Love My Way from the Furs, 1982. It's like a dog first, excuse me. So with that said, let's play our closing theme for you right now as we say goodnight to you, however, here at episode 208 here on Wrestling Revisits. So for now, this is the Iceman saying so long from ringside, and we will talk to you soon. And now, here is the psychedelic first with Love My Way from 1982.
Take care, everyone, and God bless, and we'll see you soon. Good night, everyone. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.